The reading is from Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, for anyone who's following along. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. I'm going to invite Charles to come and speak to us now. Thanks, Zoe. It's so nice to preach to people (laughs) and not to a camera at the back of the church today. Uh, So today we are going to see Mo testify to her faith in Jesus Christ through through baptism. And I thought I'd do a, it's going to be a short sermon because I don't want to take any time away from Mo as she gives her testimony. But I want to talk a little bit about baptism and what it means. So let me ask a question of us all. What, what is a Christian? And I suppose there are many answers to that question. One answer would be this. A Christian is a person who has been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's Son, Jesus Christ. In other words, a Christian is a person who has been given a new status, a new identity. And in chapter 3 of Colossians, which we've just heard, 
that reading is all about the outworking of the implications of that new status, that new identity in Christ. Paul in chapter 3 of Colossians is urging those Colossian believers to affirm practically their new status, affirm practically their new identity as citizens of the kingdom of God. He's urging them to focus their goals, their thoughts, their actions around that new identity, that new status. You are now members, he says, of the messianic community. Yes, you still have one foot in the world, but your true identity is as citizens of the kingdom of God. A kingdom that will fully come into being when Christ returns in glory, what we Christians call the second coming. And to put it in the simplest of terms, Paul is saying this, doesn't it make sense for Christians to try and become the kind of person who will be happy in the future new heaven and new earth that God will bring about? You have got a new life and that new life implies a new lifestyle. Now, I don't know how many of you have visited the cathedral in Florence, in Italy. If you have, you will know, you would notice something different, something unusual about the architecture of that cathedral. There is something there which is radically different to any cathedral that I know in this country. And that radical difference in architecture is that the baptistry is a completely separate building at the front of the cathedral. And there was a very good reason why the baptistry was a separate building. And it all had to do with what we would call modesty. Because the tradition in the early church that was that you were baptised naked. You come empty. You come without anything before God. Now, a famous early church theologian uh, called Augustine of Hippo was baptised in another cathedral in Milan. And he gives a wonderful account of a baptism service on an Easter Sunday. We're talking about the late 4th, early 5th century. And the tradition by then, as it is with some churches even today, was to save up baptisms until Easter Sunday. And what happened then was that one by one, the baptismal candidates would go into the baptistry, this separate building, they would strip off their clothes and they would be baptised and they would then put on new clean clothes. They would then be given a lighted candle and together with all the other baptised candidates, they would then process into the cathedral and join the others for worship service. They would be given a lighted candle and they would then process into the cathedral. Now, to my mind, it all sounds a wonderfully moving picture. And I think that practice I've just described is based on the imagery 
of the passage we read from Colossians chapter 3. Verse 8, put off them, Paul said, rid yourselves of certain things. And then in verse 12, clothe yourselves with certain things. Can you see why the early church baptised people naked and then gave them new clothes? Yes, it's symbolism, but it's a powerful picture. You take off the old and you clothe yourselves with something new, with the new person you are in Jesus Christ by God's grace. Because you are raised in Christ, put off these old things, all of these things which belong to the earth, all of these things which used to be your life. You have now been made alive in Christ, put on something new. You are a new person now. You have a new life now. And Paul reminds them in this passage with these words, you are God's chosen people. You're God's holy people. You're God's dearly loved people. Therefore, because of these truths, put on new clothes. Clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. And in his letter to the Roman church, Paul makes a similar point. Our first reading from chapter 6 of Romans, Paul is commenting on a, a misunderstanding by some who misunderstood the grace of God and who thought that the more they do wrong, the more grace they would receive and that would be a good thing. Now let me ask you a question. If you met someone who thought like that, that misunderstanding, how would you deal with them? What would you say to them? What would be your rationale in saying to them, you're wrong in what you're saying there? Well, interestingly, Paul answers this misunderstanding by reminding those people who misunderstood of their baptism and what their baptism means. He's basically saying that in their baptism, they identified with the death and the resurrection of Jesus and that their baptism was a funeral in, the se in a sense, that in baptism, they died to an old way of life and in their baptism, they were also raised to a new way of life. That's how Paul dealt with the problem. And again, it's a strong picture. It's symbolic and a very powerful, strong picture. Now, I was interested in thinking through what I'd say today. Um, I read this week um, Martin Luther, the biography of Martin Luther, the great Reformation preacher in the 16th century. And in one of his books, he wrote the, this, he said, whenever he was tempted to do wrong, to go against the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to fall back into the old ways, he would verbally shout out, I am a baptised believer. And the point he was making, that he died to the old and was living the new. Paul, 
the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, very famous passage, sums all this up with a marvellous statement. He says, those that are believers in Christ are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So, as we see Mo being baptised today, all these things are taking place in that baptism. Now, one last thing to mention about baptism, as described in the New Testament. We are a Baptist church. We practice believers' baptism by by immersion. We don't baptise babies. We have a child dedication service for that, and we're having a child dedication service next week, so you can come along and see one in practice. But uh, baptism, as described in the New Testament... If you asked the question of any Christian at that time, in those times, what made them a Christian and what identified them as a Christian, the answer would be this. It would be faith in Jesus' death and resurrection and that faith had been signified by baptism. Baptism as we're going to see witness today, signified that new identity in Christ. Thank you.